Welcome to the Andrew Fast Podcast. I am so much looking forward to today's guest, Kristen, founder of Betty Designs. Kristen, how are you? I'm doing great, Andrew. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Did you get some fresh air today? I did. I was on the struggle bus on the farm loop on my skate skis today. <laughs> it's if I, I always say if I'm if I'm skate if I'm moving on my Nordic skis, I'm going tempo. Like there's no in between. Correct. Yes. So true. Hardest uh, sport I've ever done, actually. <laughs> and that's that's saying a lot because you've uh, you've been an athlete for a long time and, and a good athlete. So that's uh, that's saying a lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, av- average athlete. But I usually feel more coordinated and um, skate skiing has been very humbling. But I love new challenges. So what the heck? Right. 100%. I don't know what, I don't know what brings, brings us back, but uh, Alicia and I keep like, it's like after, even after a hard ride, we'll be like, ah, oh, let's just go, let's do a quick Nordic loop. And we're just so bad at it, but we keep, we keep coming. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know well, what. it's, we're going to get better at it. I mean, you know, after you hit, you just got to get to those 10,000 hours, as they say, right. And then you're going to be no problem. <laughs> in theory, in theory. Yes. I am so excited uh, to hear about uh, uh, Betty Designs. Um, I look to you much as as a designer first, but then this this company that you've created has built into something, and and you'll probably tell the story much better than me. But the branding of this company and what it's become as a, a, a like almost a, a role model for women as far as combining, um, I guess, beauty and strength and and uh, just strong feminine women. I think it's so awesome. Uh, and I always, I, I, I love to kind of begin by hearing a bit of the, how it started. Um, I do want to talk about you as an athlete, but, I, and maybe that's part of the story, but um, what was the inspiration to start this company? You know, honestly, um, so you're right. I designer first, for sure. My entire career has been um, I majored in fine arts. I started my career. Um, I had a great, great beginning. I worked uh, at LA gear and I was designing footwear and sneakers when they were super hip and trendy in the late nineties and, um, in the early nineties, sorry. And then I just took off on this graphic design tangent and, you know, I, I took up triathlon in 94 and I started freelancing and I was freelancing for all these little endurance sports companies. Like my tri coach had a little, um, training company, multisports.com. So I was helping them with some, you know, like simple brochure graphics, things like that. And then slowly word of mouth in San Diego, I just started working for all these different endurance companies. And it was really fun because I was new to triathlon. Um, So I was like playing and working in my, in the same space, which I always think if you can do that, it's pretty incredible. Um, And I never scripted it. It just sort of happened. So um, after freelancing for quite a long time, um, it was a, you know, I've been working for myself since 96, pretty much had some great accounts. I had a VF footwear in there when they did their whole tri team. Um, I did some stuff for Zoot, some product graphics, um, a lot of publishing triathlete magazine, but I was kind of at the point where, um, my husband of 15 years decided he didn't want to be with me anymore. So he left and I kind of had this, can I say a naughty word? Is that okay? Bring it on. Okay. I had a holy shit moment because I went, it was really unexpected. Um, You know, life is hard, but you just don't, I just didn't expect that door to be slammed in my face. And I went, you know, I've got a seven-year-old and 
I'm in a house that I probably shouldn't be living in. We were living a little above our means. And I went, how am I going to pay the bills with a freelance, you know, consulting business? Yeah. So it was, um, I was, I was paralyzed with fear. I was clearly very upset. Um, and my, my now current husband, I met through mutual friends at Ride Bikes in San Diego. We were having a sandwich and we weren't dating. We were just sort of like, I was a mess. So it was sort of like a get to know each other type of thing, just like meet good people. And he's like, you know, I've seen your work around and, you know, I think you're pretty talented. I don't know that much about design, but I like what I've seen. He goes, why don't you just start your own brand? And I just started crying. I literally just <laughs> ball, started bawling. Full chick moment, um, full hysteria, panic, overwhelming. What are you talking about? I don't know how to do that. He's like, you're already running your own business. I go, well, not really. I'm just taking design gigs. He goes, well, that's the same thing. And then he, you know, he was, he's a very business-minded person. Um, he, had, he had launched his own company and He's like, well, he kind of broke it down for me in the moment. He said, you know, I know you've designed jerseys. Can you, do you know how to get one made? Like if you, do you know someone you could go to and just get one made? And I go, well, I can definitely go ask. Yeah, I've got a couple of people I've worked with. And he just said, you know, why don't you start there? And I'm just like, I don't have any money. I'm not taking on investor dollars. And then my next phrase was, I can't compete with Nike, which is the most ridiculous thing to probably ever come out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> But I just thought that to have, you know, to start a brand, I never even thought about what it took in between, but it was like, you know, zero to a million or whatever it was in my head in that moment, that was where I went to. And I went, I can't do that. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting because it all plays back into sport really at the end of the day, because we can all remember towing that first triathlon starting line being petrified or at least I was, and finishing a sprint thinking, how can I ever do anything longer? But you end up, it, it, it's much like sport. You just kind of get over the little hurdles every day. It's like going out and training every day. So um, I took a leap of faith. I didn't have a lot of money. I put, um, oh, I've only done cash and I ordered 30 jerseys and I went to Kona uh, to spectate. And this was in 2010. And I carried around a backpack with my jerseys in them and walked around in one with running shorts on, which is super tri geek, but I did it anyway. <laughs> and um, I wanted to see if anyone noticed what I was wearing. Um, that was literally the marketing strategy. Um, isn't that still but, how, isn't that still how it works? <laughs> well, it is. And, and you know, I did, I raced triathlon as an amateur and a very average, maybe slightly above average amateur for 20, about 20 years. But my shtick was, I'm never going to be the fastest and I always want to look good. So I was very particular about what I wore. I wanted my bike matching my kit when I raced. Uh, I wanted to look full pro, even though I was lame. Um, and sort of that was my thing. And that sort of the thought I had was if I, if I walk around Kona and people ask me about what I'm wearing, I might be onto something. Um, I know it's ridiculous, right? What kind of a no, strategy no, is that? It's, no, it's brilliant. It's guerrilla marketing. <laughs> I think it's awesome. <laughs> so I'll, uh, we, we, we can speed up. I'm going to tell you the last little story about Kona. So I'm literally, I just gotten off the plane. I'm walking through town. I'm in this like little elevated sidewalk area, little strip of stores. And I walk by this little bike shop and I'm just walking, doing my thing. 
And this woman comes out of the store. She's like, excuse me, excuse me, chasing me down. And I said, uh, yeah, can I help you? She's like, what is that you're wearing? And I, I kind of stuttered. I was really taken back. And I was like, um, I didn't really have a plan, like what I was going to call this thing. I mean, it was Betty Designs, but I hadn't really thought through what if someone asked me. So I was like, well, I was like really shy. I designed it. She's like, do you have any more in that bag? And I said, I sure do. And she's like, can you come inside? Let's talk about this. And she bought 15 jerseys out of the 30 right out of my backpack. That is so, so, that is so yeah. awesome. And, 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 and uh, I mean, to that tune of uh, Betty and the name and, and uh, I, how, did, how did that come about? What's the story behind uh, just, you know, the Betty designs or, or uh, how did that come about? Badass is beautiful. Well, so it's funny. First of all, the Betty thing is the first thing people ask me is my name, Betty. No, it's not. But people call me Betty. Is your mom's name Betty? No, grandma. No. <laughs> so the name came from before I even did the line of apparel. It was a freelance design name that I came up with for my company and my marketing slash branding company was called Brand Betty. And the reason I chose Betty was I've always had this fantasy about being a surfer girl. I'm from Boston. I lived in California. I've been living in California. I'm like, you know, hip surfer chick. It's like the word Betty is slang for hip surfer chick. And I never wanted to do graphic design for like the medical equipment industry. I should have. That's a better business strategy. It's, <laughs> it's probably a lot more lucrative, but I stuck to things I loved and I wanted to have a playful company name. I didn't want to be taken too seriously. And my design aesthetic has always been very colorful and bold and bright. Um, and so that was, that was kind of where the name came from was just that it was slang for a surfer girl, Aussie surfer girl. And I thought it was cute. I mean, how, how random is that? Um, and then it was funny because when I was trying to come up with a logo for the company, um, ironically, you cannot trademark the name Betty because it's a name. It's just like Susan or John or whatever. Um, I was coming up with a logo and I was like, I had this thing about uh, surf entry and triathlon when we had like, you know, lake swimming and open water swimming in general. I didn't have a problem, but I didn't like surf entry. It scared me. Okay. So I wore a skull necklace when I raised triathlon because I thought that that would make me super tough as I did surf entry. I'm not kidding you. Total, total tri geek had to, you know, superstitiously wear this necklace every race or I was not going to have a good race. Um, and that was sort of my little, my little hidden thing where it was like, I was really tough, even though I'm super marshmallowy and I cry on a dime and, and whatnot. Um, that was sort of my tough side. And then, but the flip side of that is, like I said, I, I, I can be a very emotional person. Um, I'd like to think I'm the kind person. I like people. I'm, I'm pretty positive and, um, I like getting dressed up and being a girl after I do sport. So it was sort of the, the juxtaposition of those two facets of my personality of like trying to be tough, but be a girl. And so it evolved into, you know, badass with the skull and beautiful, just being a woman and a woman can be beautiful. It doesn't mean that she's model beautiful, it just means that she's beautiful, like her spirit, her energy. Um, and I think that women in sport can be both of those things. And I felt empowered with a skull around my neck, but the butterfly was a great contrast. And I just, I personally liked it. And where I do a lot of my things for the company, it comes from a place of things that I really love and are dear to me. And I hope that if I explain that other people are gonna love it too. And it seems to have worked so far. So 
Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it comes from an, a, a super genuine and honest place. And it, it, um, I don't know when you were starting the company, was there like a looking around and saying, well, there's a gap in the market or was it more this, what I interpret to be a, a pivotal moment in your life where it was like, I, this is a, this is a, this is a pivot moment, right? Like I either have to yeah. do something uh, yep. or, or flounder, right? I mean, right, was right. There, was there much looking around uh, or was it purely kind of this brand has evolved from like just uh, who you are? You know, it's interesting. It um, there was a void in the market. There's no doubt, and and probably in the four years leading up to the launch of Betty Designs, I had been through my contacts with my freelance um, clients. You know, had jerseys made, and I used to make my own kit every year to race to literally match my bike and my helmet. That's how nerdy I was, and because I never found anything that I liked off the shelf. I mean, when I first started, and I was in my mid twenties, I. DeSoto went really quote unquote edgy for the time. And they have, I used to race in a bikini because that's what we did, you know, <laughs> and I wore this plaid bikini, but as I kind of went through triathlon into the 20 years, the stuff got pretty boring. You had, you know, speedo and tier, but nobody was really taking a risk design wise because it's scary to take that risk because then what if you don't sell it? Um, and I kind of did the opposite. I was like, nobody's making anything that fun. Um, I want to look fun. And so when I was designing my personal stuff before Betty, it was just different. And people would talk to me about it. And I was like, I'm going to just, I'm going to continue to do this and see what happens and see if anybody else kind of gravitate towards it. Um, I did toy with taking a corporate job right when the divorce happened, but I'm really, I love being a mom. My son is now in college, but at the time it was not, you know, working from home. I couldn't fathom taking a job away from the home where I'd have commute time and then potentially miss picking him up from school or driving him to a sports practice. I couldn't, I couldn't miss that. That was too important for me. So it was kind of like, okay, when Matt and I had the sandwich and he threw this in my lap, I was like, well, I can buy 30 jerseys and see what happens. If I sell them, I'll put the money back in and yeah. go from there. Yeah. Um, and, and the balance of, you know, you talk about something really powerful is you're, you're providing, right. You're like, a, you're, you're, yeah. you're balancing being a, a, an awesome mom at the same time, which um, adds to the depth of the brand, but also is very real. I mean, what was that, what was that like as far as starting a company where, you know, it's, it's obviously driven by passion, but it's still like a company that needs all these, <laughs> there's all these moving parts. And then you're balancing being a, a full-time yeah. mom. I mean, what, how did that, how did you pull that off? Well, you know, I think ignorance is bliss, as they say, because I never, you know, my dad, growing up, my dad owned a health club and he had always um, told me I should run a business one day. And we used to argue about this. I'm like, I'm never owning my own business, dad. It's not happening. I'm a designer. That's what I told him. I was so emphatic about it. And we laugh about it now because um, I think he knew I had the ability to kind of, you know, work my way up in a company and either work you know pretty high up in a company or do my own thing but I never believed it I just was focused on creating fun things I was a, literally a designer deep down and um so when I started this thing it was again it wasn't like oh I'm going to write a business plan and I'm going to do this um it was okay I've got to showcase my products I mean at first it was line art it was literally cycling line art on a wordpress website mixed with my freelance capabilities because I was still freelancing, trying to pay the bills. So Betty was a side hustle. 
Um, and then when I realized, you know, I sold the jerseys and then I bought another whole set with matching shorts and things started rolling a little bit. I realized in around 2012, so it was about two years later, year and a half later, I went, I don't have time to freelance anymore. I've got to put my eggs in this basket and give it a shot. Um, but it was always methodical in the sense of not biting off more I could chew financially. There was no debt on the business. Mm. Um, I sort of went from WordPress to uh, an e-commerce website, but I went basic at first. Everything was small. Um, yeah. And just trying to make it as look, look as good as I could given my design background. And hopefully at the same time, market it given my intuition. Yeah. Um, Cause that's really all I had. I mean, I, I took some marketing classes in college um, to complement my, um, my fine arts degree and I did some business classes, but I never thought I'd use it. Um, yeah. So it was really interesting. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, the only other thing I was gonna say is the, the one marketing thing that I, I decided to do was when I, when I learned that the brand was probably gonna you know, at least have a little bit of hope, I remember when I was raising as an amateur, I always had product sponsorships. So I was very fortunate. You know, I was, I was with Speedo for eight years and then I was with Zoot for another eight years. And that to me as an athlete, as an amateur athlete to represent a brand meant the world to me. I, mm -hmm. I thought it was so special um, and I was given clothes and I proudly wore them. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I started my line, I, I looked around the community because I was still racing quite a bit. And I was like, who would I want to represent me? And so it was literally, I had my little formula of what I looked for. They didn't necessarily win their age group. Were they the ones in the transition area? You know, they can be a fierce competitor, but were they smiling? Were they engaging with other people? Did they have a positive energy? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, yeah, they were good looking, you know? I mean, it's part of the, it's part of the marketing mix. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I did is I seeded products and it wasn't a ton, but it was just word of mouth. I mean, is really how it started locally in San Diego. That's awesome. And then the, the, the question that comes to my mind and as a, as a designer and as a company owner, there's uh, people always run into these roadblocks I find, or at least what I hear is you, you, you get to this point and you have to re you're constantly reinventing and the creative process is constantly going forward mm -hmm. or, there's, or there's stalemate. Right. And so, yep. um, you know, you've, you've now continued to crank out awesome designs, kit designs and, and um, you know, cycling, triathlon, swimming, running, you've, that takes a lot of reinventing uh, and, and creativity. Where do you draw from or what's that process like? Cause you, I mean, it, it just, it seems exhausting to me, <laughs> you know, you well, constantly have to, have to reinvent and draw inspiration uh, in order to crank out something meaningful for, for people. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. Um, what's interesting is what gets me out of bed in the morning is solving that problem of how do, how do I create something nobody's ever seen before on a kit? How do I, how do I change that kit game? Um, and it's changed a lot. I mean, it's 10 years now of Betty and there's a lot more resources for manufacturing and easily accessible to go and get a custom kit made, which I'm sure, you know, you know, teams pop up all over the place. Um, my thing was really always stemming from, from that design background and the passion of how to look at something differently. And 
one of my formulas, there's a couple things that I look to. One is if I design a kit, it's got to have something that from a mile down the road, you're like, what is that? You can recognize it, whether it's a diagonal stripe or a floral motif, but it's visually from far away a statement. Um, doesn't mean you like it. It just means you can't help but notice it. That was one of <laughs> the that. things. Yeah. yeah, because it's not... I said from the beginning, my stuff is not for everyone. Badass is beautiful. Some women, some women don't like the skull. I've had people approach me in a, in a booth before in Kona and ask me if I'm an atheist. And I'm not kidding because I have a skull in my logo. Um, so it, the world is interesting. And I've sort of, like you said um, earlier on in the conversation, I just tried to be as authentic as possible and explain sort of my method behind my madness. Um, and I think that's all you can do. And again, you're never going to please everybody. But my goal is always take things I'm seeing. How do they go into a kit? And one of the one of the major areas of influence is fashion and the couture runways. I love fashion. Okay. Um, so if I could, I would own. I mean, Louis Vuitton, Versace, Berber. I mean, you name it. I mean, where would I go in them? I work from home. Nowhere. But <laughs> I would dress up and my husband would take photos. Um, but I absolutely love fashion. I, I follow fashion. I pay exorbitant amounts of money to get Paris Vogue flown into my mailbox and Australian Vogue and trend research services. Um, and I love to look at things that are going on in fashion and figure out how to tweak them to fit sport yeah um that's a lot that, of it that's awesome and to that end uh within sport culturally um you know you're, you're like sit you sit really well in the pocket of cycling triathlon swimming and running um is there and 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 i guess i would lump those into endurance sport but i mean as, for myself as an athlete and kind of the the crowd that i run around run around with there's um there's other sports that fall into that realm, uh, like yeah. alpine, alpine climbing, uh, long yeah. distance stand up paddleboarding, downwind paddleboarding. Yeah. There's these other yeah. um, folks on the periphery that um, are full of like, you know, really, really awesome female athletes um, that are probably pretty underrepresented. Um, yeah. Are are you uh, do you do you within sport? What what cultures do you draw from, and what cultures are you looking to? potentially go into beyond triathlon? Well, it's funny you ask that. So um, as much as I still will call myself a triathlete right now, um, even though I haven't towed a starting line in a triathlon since 2014, I love multi-sport. I love endurance sports, but I, I grew up being exposed to a ton of sports. I played soccer. I played tennis. Um, my parents, um, drove us up to the mountains every weekend in the winter and we snow, we alpine skied and I loved alpine ski racing recre recreationally. We, we water skied in the summer. We drove jet skis and off-road vehicles. And um, so my, my big vision and my dream is to have um, a line of apparel under the Betty Designs name that falls into all the sports that I love to do. For a while, my husband and I were doing the long distance paddleboarding and the paddleboard racing. Mm. So there's a lot of things that I personally do that I know a lot of my ambassadors do. They don't just do triathlon. Um, and like you're saying, the company you guys keep, it's the same thing. It's like, well, in living in the mountains, you have to change your sports in the winter. You snowshoe, um, you might do more hiking, you're going to 
alpine ski, you're going to cross country ski, you're going to skin up the mountain. And so all of those things, um, I would love to branch into apparel, but my big thing is, um, I'd love to find partners to kind of enter into some of those areas with, because I, I do believe there are experts in places that, so for example, if, well, I have this huge kick on this company called Perfect Moment Sports. They do um, women's alpine and they do onesies. I love onesies. But anyway, they have like a fashion forward. There's a few of these, uh, Cordova's another one, uh, Goldberg. They make these really fun alpine clothes for women. And I'm like, I would love to get a hold of these companies and say, do you guys want to collab on something Yeah, and test the waters? Because I, I'm never going to be a ski brand by any means, but I do have customers who I think love the brand and they do Alpine ski and they would grab a Betty jacket and a really fun printed stretch pant for sure and go hit the mountains with. So that's my dream. Expand into everything that I love to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Nor, nor, I mean, Nordic skiing is in desperate need of help. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I, I, it's funny. I put a few feelers out. Um, and actually I got to get back to them because I, there was a company that I knew did custom one piece Nordic suits and they have not gotten back to me. And I need to kind of push that because even though I'm terrible at it, I will be out there on the farm loop wearing some crazy print. I don't care. It's fun. And it makes you go on. faster. For sure. It'll catch on. It's in and it's ripe for the picking. I mean, it, and, and I think the, the Nordic scene is they're, they're like triathletes, right? They're like, yeah, yes. It's such a great welcoming community. And everybody knows like we're, we're dorks, right? Like everybody knows yeah. it's a really, really uh, kind of a geeky sport, which makes it all the more fun. If you, uh, yeah. if you're to uh, explore that market. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, I, I, I skin up park city. We do a lot of skinning up the resort and I bought this perfect moment, red one piece ski suit. And I will never forget three years ago. I showed up, you know, with my girl and Sparlin and some of these guys and they're like, what the hell are you wearing? And I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's a, they're like, why aren't you wearing like baggy pants and a big, you know, long parka. And I'm like, cause I don't want all that stuff. I want something that's more streamlined and I want something that's fun to wear. And I'm still wearing this thing three years later. And I had a group of guys literally stop me on the top of the mountain the other day. They're like, I love your onesie. <laughs> so, I mean, there is room in the skinning community. For sure. Country community. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, no, there's definitely room. Anything goes. It's it's a lovable crowd. Easy to hate. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I dig it. Um, and, and this is because I'm just so fascinated with the start of the, you know, how this is. It's so successful now. And this is, again, rewinding back to the beginning. Um, yeah. What, you know, if you were looking back now in, in those early times of that pivot moment and when you're, you're really uh, uh, giving it a go, looking back now, what would you have done differently or what would you have told yourself? You know, what, what did, what, what would you do differently or what, what, uh, you know, what would, what advice would you give yourself in those that, that it really a low point in a lot of ways. Right. But then it's led to this right. beautiful, beautiful brand, beautiful company. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've been asked this before and I've definitely thought about it. I think it was an absolute blessing where I was in my life because I think it would have been, I'm not sure for me personally, but I feel in general, people that want to go and start a company, they think about investor dollars and they think about going big tomorrow. 
And I didn't have a choice in doing that. And I was also in a place emotionally, mentally, where I didn't want to own anyone anything. So it forced me to slow down. Um, so I would build, if I started something else again, I would build it the exact same way. The only thing I would probably change, um, and as time has gone on, I've gotten a little bit better at it. I, I haven't invested enough in myself, meaning that I was conservative for a lot of years on the amount of inventory I would order. And it wasn't necessarily from a financial place. It was just, it was just more like, I don't know if I'm really going to sell it. And, and every time I launch a collection, I hold my breath because I'm like, is this one going to sell? I don't know, which I know sounds silly, but you really don't know. The customer, the consumers are fickle. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I will tell, what I would tell people is, you know, take a little bit of a risk if you can, um, and don't be afraid because what's the worst thing that happens? I mean, we've had been really fortunate in ten years, and I don't know how many collections I should have counted before I talked to you, but we've really only had one or two that have really not done what I would say relatively well compared to the other ones, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think that believing in myself a little bit more from the beginning, and I'm even still working on that now, um, I've gotten a lot better at it. But I think, I think that that would be the biggest advice. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really much, really pretty much it. And I, I learned also early on in this thing that I'm not a, I don't want to run a big company with 20 employees. I'm not a good manager. It's not what I want to spend my time doing. So I've, I've kept it small for a reason. That's interesting. I, um, I, I ran a couple miles uh, helping course mark for this race called Trans Rockies with uh, mm -hmm. Gordy, the guy that was the first fellow to run the Western States. He was like the first guy to you know, stash water bottles with orange juice and salt in them and yeah. run the 100 mile race. And uh, he, said, he said something similar. He was like, I'm an inventor. I'm not a business manager, you know? And I, I yeah. that's what I'm hearing from you as well. It's like, I draw from, you know, some surf and pop culture and then, you know, runway. Yeah. And that's, that's the pocket and it's not necessarily uh, uh, hurting cats. And uh, yeah, it's not hurting cats. And, and I don't know, sometimes I feel um, I watch some of these other brands that have started up and I see how much they're doing with teens on a photo shoot and everything else. And I kind of fantasize about it or that they're doing pop-up shops or whatever. And I would love to, I just know practically speaking, the, the money doesn't add up. So mm, yeah. I, 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 I want to have that balance of um, I'm not so I, I don't want to be so stressed out, worried about managing a company that I can't go out and ski in the middle of the day if I want to. Um, and it's selfish, but I like that balance and I like the flexibility. And that started from when this thing launched. And I basically, even though I had to make a living, it was revolving around being there for my son. Um, and I think it's really important. It's a, and to be there for yourself and your spouse, your kids, whatever it is, your family, your friends, um, if work is all consuming and I'm just building something for the fact to say that I've built a $20 million company and I have six warehouses, I don't know. It's just not who I am. Yeah. That's so awesome. And that's so genuine. And I, and I think that comes through in your brand, which I think, uh, is why people should, should follow along and byproduct where where do how do people best keep up with uh what you're up to i mean skinning or uh uh nordic skiing <laughs> or uh what what how do we how do we keep up with your happenings is it is it strava well, yeah oh i'm a big strava user yeah big strava user um 
And we've got a Betty Design Strava Club. And uh, we did a couple of challenges last year and gave away some stuff. And I'm going to do a couple more this year. And um, it's not it's not challenges in the sense of you have to be a superstar. We did do one last year based on the number of miles you could log. But that's not always what we do. Sometimes it's just everyone participates and, and random names are drawn out of a hat to win prizes because it's not about winning. It's about being out there, being active, being part of this endurance community, sharing the love of our sports with others. You don't have to be really awesome at it and you don't have to be a size zero. You are out there running, cycling, skiing, whatever it is with a smile on your face. It doesn't matter. It's rad. You're rad. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so the Strava community, that's where, you know, people can be a part. If, if, if someone were listening, they just wanted to be a part of it. They could yeah. be, be a part of that group on Strava. Is that? Yeah. If they're on Strava, they can just look up um, Betty Designs on their clubs and join in. Um, and then I'm on there, obviously, personally. And then, you know, for me, I love Instagram. I mean, I used to do a lot more on Twitter and I do post on Twitter. Um, and Facebook is just kind of like a side thing also. But um, Instagram's where I really post a lot. And I, I in the junction next to the Betty Designs feed, I started a personal feed about a year and a half ago, two years ago now. Um, and I didn't really want to do it, but it allows me to post some more personal things, some things, you know, about what's going on. Not necessarily in my life, but maybe the side sports I do in the off season that don't have to do with Betty Designs till I get those pee pants made. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, totally. I dig it. Uh, That's awesome. And and then product. uh, What's the? How do? Is it? How do? How do people get hands on product to purchase? Is it best through? It's it's all website. Yeah, we really are. You know, ninety nine point nine percent through the website, um, BettyDesigns.com. Um, if you happen to live in the San Diego area and I'm around, actually, you know what, what am I saying? I don't even have inventory there anymore. I lie. I used to have inventory at my house and people could come by, but never mind. You need to erase that from this podcast. Um, I don't have that anymore, but you can always come by and say hello and I can preview you some stuff. Um, we will hopefully be in Kona in the fall. If um, hoping Iron Man goes off this fall, mm-hmm. we will have a booth there. That's one of my favorite places on the planet I only raced there once but I just love the island and the spirit of the event um so I will be there in October if it goes and we'll have a booth um we'll also probably host a ride and a happy hour and all kinds of stuff like that um what else someday I hope to have a gravel camp I don't know when that's going to happen we got to wait yeah. for COVID yeah absolutely uh, and, and you would do I, that in the Wasatch or you know honestly I think um it's funny. I wouldn't mind doing a couple small camps. One of the places I want to do a camp um, is at Hotel Domestique, which is George Hincapi and his family's hotel in North Carolina, in okay. South Carolina, rather. Yeah. Um, they have a little boutique hotel there, and they're up against these beautiful mountains. I'd love to go and host a little camp there. I'd host one in San Diego, and then I'd host one here in the Park City area. Absolutely. People, um, people would come. Yeah. And not, you know, yes, we will be working out, but I don't want to say training camp because we've had ambassador camp get togethers. And what I love about uh, the Betty Designs community is these women are seriously dedicated to being in shape, but they also love to have fun. They're not afraid to like, okay, let's only do a 20 mile bike ride and then let's do yoga and then let's go have a glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
And yeah. I love that. Oh, I think those would take, I think those would be fantastic. I, I worked for the cycling house in uh, Tucson oh, yeah. for a while and, and uh, it was very much the same. It was like, it was just, yeah, we got, you get, you get work done, but you have, you have so much fun that you don't even realize it. So yeah. uh, those would do yeah. well. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll put all that in the show notes, but um, I really appreciate sitting down with you and, and, uh, and your candor. You've, you're, there's, you're, this brand is so genuine and I'm just, well, uh, thank you. you know, it's a, it's a gift for me to sit here and chat with you. So I hope people enjoy yeah. it. Well, thank you so much. It's a gift to have your, uh, wife on board too so i'm stoked and hopefully we'll get to do some more working out together although she's so much younger than me i'm like alicia i can't go do that with you i here's the here's the, <laughs> the awesome piece i we got her a um an uphill like an uphill setup for oh for, good for like fitness skinning and uh like full-on swimmer through and through on skis it's uh yeah, yeah, I think I think we should we should hang out and do an uphill skin. It would be pretty entertaining. Let's do it. Let's do it because <laughs> yeah. that's my favorite thing of all time right now. Yeah, it's a good. So. Awesome. Well, enjoy the day. Thanks so much for the chat. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andrew. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Bye bye. All right. You too. Bye bye.